With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Uh, Come inside, come inside. This is episode number 114 of the Mainland Podcast. I am Michael Citro. I'm the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com, SB Nation's stop for all things Orlando City related and Orlando Pride related. So uh, go to TheMainland.com and uh, read all our stuff if you are a fan of either of those teams, both of those teams, or if you're just um, a soccer fan in general. I am joined, as usual, by uh, my good friend and co-host, David Rowe. Dave, how are we doing this week? Uh, we are incredibly excited because it's the time to start the season, and we're back on week to week. And oh my goodness, like it's it's fantastic. Uh, although I do wonder how many people picked up on that Emerson, Lake, and Palmer uh, reference you just dropped a minute ago. Only old fogies like us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, it's been a great week for for me. I got to go see Black Panther over the weekend, so I'm caught up on that. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit, although I think I built it up way too much in my head based on all the feedback, and I, I kind of got I, to the end, and I thought, mm, yeah, it was pretty good, but I don't know if it's as great as everybody thinks it is. I think it's going to take some more watches to, to properly place it, but I did like it quite a bit. And I'm trying to remember if I built it up last week or not. I know I said it was good. Yeah, you said it was good. And I think you put it in your, you know, top couple of Marvel movies, but not at yeah, the definitely top. not tops. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I and I and I would agree with that. I think there okay. are, there are right. some that I like better than that one, uh, but it was good, and uh, I think it was a it was a very uh, interesting movie. So, uh, and then uh, I, you know, I I had to shelve all my CDs because I have uh, like about mm, close to two thousand of them. And when I set up my man cave, I had to like basically put them in these containers and kind of keep them out of sight. I like to have them on display, but um, uh, I just don't have the room for it in the man cave. So uh, I've got everything digitized. All the CDs are put away, but I have these CD racks that each one of them cost me like 50 bucks. And so they've been sitting in my garage and I was able to sell one this week. So uh, to a real music lover who has a lot of the same tastes as me. So I was really happy to find a good home for one of my uh, CD tower. So that was, that was good for me as well. That's very nice. Now, for those of you who don't know, Michael puts together these yearly, uh, by year, uh, compilations of his favorite music, which are always entertaining. And I actually, I do listen to them. So, uh, oh, I, I, yeah, no, they're fantastic. And, uh, for you listeners that don't have access Sorry, maybe <laughs> Michael will share that one day with the rest of everybody. But yeah. but he, he's now we're both old, and I have similar music tastes. But <clears throat> I think they're great. And so far, they're just I mean they're on Spotify. Anybody can find them. They're public playlists. But uh, they are there's one from every year of the 1980s, and they're just entitled really simply so you can find them. My 1980, my 1981, and so forth up to my 1989. And and actually, Dave, I'm about halfway through curating. What songs will go into my 1979 Ooh. as I will work my way backwards for a few years into the 70s to uh, to get some of those really good early 80s songs that uh, were actually released in the late 70s. So um, right. But people yeah. think are 80s songs. Yeah, right. right. So uh, I'm working on that right now and I'm pretty happy. But also I had for 10 years, I had a progressive rock radio show on the Internet. So um, I, have, I have my my love of music is very, very deep. But I think at this point, we're very far off the reservation because it's match week it is match week although i did just learn something new and i'm very happy about that <laughs> that it's match week you didn't just learn no that, that you had a uh, that you were a freaking dj man i didn't know that that's yep. awesome yep for 10 all right but anyway match years. Week. yes match week for orlando city dc united coming to 
the Purple Palace to take on Orlando City. A little bit depleted Orlando City uh, squad with no Sasha Kleschen because of a suspension. He'll miss the first two games. And Dom Dwyer, who has a quadriceps injury, and he will miss at least the first two, possibly three games uh, of the 2018 season. So carrying on the tradition of having a star player out for um, either all of or most of the opening day game uh, is Orlando City. They had Kaká out in uh, 2016. Kaká got hurt 10 minutes into the 2017 opener, and now no Dom Dwyer for the 2018 opener. So, um, yes, an injury absence uh, is part of the fabric of Orlando City now in, in Major League Soccer. Uh, well, see, but, normally I would say this is why we can't have nice things, but I actually don't believe that right now. Yeah, I think this team may be deep enough to survive this. It's going to be an interesting uh, thing as we as we pile into the stadium on Saturday to see how Jason Christ lines these guys up, what his uh, team selection is based on the fact that some of these guys – uh, are not available. Some of them are late arrivals to camp, and some of them are uh, returning from injury. So it's kind of going to be, uh, it's not going to be the, the first choice lineup, but it'll be interesting to see who goes out there. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about preseason, Dave. We're going to talk about the scrimmages. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, before we get to that, I do want to mention the uh, trade that happened since we last spoke, and that is Jose Aja on his way to Vancouver. And uh, I'm not sure if he's actually landed yet. I know he was not on his way as of the day after the trade because he's Uruguayan and he was going from U.S. to Canada. So I'm sure there's some visa issues involved, uh, sure. and some paperwork that needed to take place and all of that stuff. Uh, but uh, Jose Aja to Vancouver, and uh, that was kind of unexpected just a week before the season to uh, to trade one of your four center backs and uh, getting back a pretty decent return, $125,000 in Garber Bucks of the uh, targeted uh, variety. Uh, so what do you make of this trade? Because Jose Aja is a guy who I think is, is still young and developing and could really become some kind of player. Uh, and uh, it won't be at Orlando City now. Yeah, um, I, I, you know, he would have been option number four out of the center backs uh, if he had stayed. Uh, I was going to make a joke about this Tam guy and uh, and how he was going to fit in, but uh, um, obviously uh, we've we've heard all that before. Um, but uh, you know, um, I, I like you said, I mean, a good amount of money for uh, a player who, while young and and still has some upside. Um, you know, has we had had him for a little while, and and he'd only done so much for us. There was um, there were times where he showed potential, and then other times where you know he burned us completely. So uh, um, I can't help but hope that there's some piece of this that we're missing. Uh, that there's going to be uh, some last minute person brought in or, you know, they've got their eye on somebody that, uh, that they're going to bring in, you know, uh, during another transfer window. I, I, I'm not sure, but, um, I, I think it was a, we've got the opportunity to get the max money for, uh, aha. Uh-huh, and we're going to go ahead and take it. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was just that the, the deal was too good to pass up. Maybe they thought this is a, a lot of money for a guy who's sort of on the outside looking in right now with uh, some of the additions that were made, Lamine uh, Sané coming in uh, and uh, Amro Tarek. Uh, but it does leave uh, not a lot of uh, depth at center back. There's one center back, uh, full-time center back as a reserve now. And I know Donnie Toya played there a little bit in the preseason as well. So, uh, yeah, kind of um, a scary prospect a little bit if somebody goes down or gets suspended. And, you know, with Orlando City, it's always a danger of getting a red card uh, that is uh, completely out of left field. So uh, a little bit uh, nervy. It was nice having a player of Aha's caliber as your fourth guy, though. Uh, you know, so it was uh, it was a surprise trade, but maybe they needed that TAM uh, for some other purpose. So we'll we'll wait. And this team certainly has a history uh, in the last couple of years of playing things close to the vest. And we'll we'll find out if uh, another move is in the cards. Yeah, and uh, I I agree. I think it's uh, it was one of those uh, just too good to pass up the money type of things, and um, 
you know, we wish Jose well. I mean, he uh, he he certainly tried hard when he was here, and uh, uh, I think represented uh, Orlando City to the best of his ability. And um, you know, we wish him luck. But uh, let's let's hope that we can use uh, those Garber bucks for something something that uh, fits into what Christ wants to do a little bit better. Yeah, it's a. Uh... If you go back to last season's first month or so and, and you look at our site, you're probably going to see a couple of really nice articles written about him. He's going to – Aha would have gotten good grades in most of those early games. So uh, you know he could do it. He certainly had a, a tough time of it against Montreal's uh, Ignacio Piatti, which is not unheard of. Um, but uh, I think certainly he's a, a player that still has some upside, still hasn't reached his full potential. And uh, we do wish him well, uh, except for when Vancouver plays Orlando City. Um, yeah, of course. So, Dave, uh, the, the the club unveiled uh, the new away kit this week. Very clean look. A brand new spanking white kit. Uh, they got rid of the faux collar, which uh, is, is a huge addition by subtraction in my book. Um, seven pinstripes that are sort of uh, monochromatic uh, that uh, represent the seven seasons uh, Orlando City has played. Uh, both in, in USL and MLS combined. Uh, the lion, it was whited out for the uh, the badge, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, to give it more of that, uh, the contrast. Uh, what do you think of the new kit? I, I'm kind of high on it, but, um, you know, our, our own Brandon Turton uh, ranked all of the jerseys, all of the new kits in MLS and uh, did not did not like it much. In fact, rated it below the peach monstrosity from Atlanta. Uh, yeah, um, I, I, I do like it. Uh, it's uh, like you say, it's simple, but um, I, I really like the badge, uh, the whited outline. I think that's probably my favorite uh, addition with you. I agree that the uh, subtraction of the faux collar, which is when that came out, I could not stand at all. I've made several, <laughs> several comments uh, individually to people I know about how that was absolutely one of the most horrible things I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. So getting rid of the faux collar for me is huge. So just doing that alone makes this one better. Um, the uh, sublimation with the, the seven stripes I think is is good. It's not too busy. Um, overall, I, I, I like it quite a bit, honestly. Um it's uh, like we said, it's clean. The only other thing I would say that, uh, and I know why they did it. Um, you know, I do miss the old uh, Orlando Health logo. Yeah. Um, I, I I know from a marketing standpoint and a printing standpoint, um, a, a cleaner, simpler logo is easier to replicate. So I, I get why Orlando Health and thus Orlando City did it. Um, but I, I do miss the old one. But uh, other than that, I, I think it's I think it's fantastic. Yeah, not much you can do when your your shirt sponsor changes their logo. Then it's, you're just kind of uh, at the mercy of the contract at that point. So uh, it, I guess it could have been worse. Uh, it could have been the YouTube TV logo. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah. That LAFC got saddled with. Um, I, I give it a B plus. I think I love it. It's a nice, uh, clean look. Very classic looking. Um, it's look a lot of people whined that it wasn't gray or gold or whatever. Look, it's a it's a standard away kit. Yeah. Um, it's your away kit, and away kits are often white, and I think white is fine for an away kit. It would be nice to have a gold third kit. I will never argue otherwise. Um, but uh, I do like it, and uh, I, I give it about a B plus. My favorite feature probably having the the stadium zip code in, uh, sewn inside the collar. I think that's a really cool touch. That was cool as well. I, I agree. Um, and, and you're right. Uh, it, it is an away kit, but it's, it, there's nothing patently offensive about the thing, which you can't say about every other team's uh, kits. So, uh, you know, good job by not being bad. Right. Uh, and I will say the, the, the old away kit with the fake collar was my least favorite of any Orlando City jersey, even dating back to the USL days. I just really hated that fake collar so much. I despised it. Absolutely <laughs> despised it. All right. So, Dave, why don't we talk a little bit about the preseason, the uh, you know very quiet preseason for Orlando City by design. They didn't let anybody into their scrimmages until the last <laughs> – Not even minutes. us. Yeah, the last 10 minutes they, they let some people come in, and by that time there really wasn't a lot that you could glean uh, from it um, as multiple players had been subbed out or had been – subbed off and then back on with other players that are probably not going to be 
you know, part of the regular rotation moving forward. As there's some some uh, trialists, some kids from Montverde were out there. Uh, but I think there's some things that we could take away from it. Um, you know, the club did not does not like you to call these uh, results because of the fact that they are often uh, done with some strange substitution rules or uh, different timing rules and several different sessions of various lengths. But I always call them what they are, which is, you know, an aggregate score uh, over the course of the scrimmage. And uh, I'd say that Orlando City started with a 4-1 win over Jacksonville University. Uh, mm-hmm. Then they beat Minnesota United by the same score, Philadelphia Union by a 3-1 scoreline, Real Salt Lake by a 5-2 scoreline, and then a 3-2 loss in the final game against the Chicago Fire, although the three goals in that game were very uh, difficult to deal with uh, as a, a penalty, uh, a giveaway by Joe Bendick directly to a Nikolic goal, and an own goal uh, accounted for the Chicago scoring. And Orlando City was down to 10 uh, in the second half of that game. And, and Chicago ended up eventually going down to 10 as well because uh, their coach uh, pulled a player for elbowing Cam Lindley in the face. So, uh, which was, it was a classy move. It's like, what are you doing? This is a friendly. Get off the field. Um, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> you're right. That is classy. I mean, it, it is a friendly. It's preseason. And, uh, you, you know, we're already down at that point, you know, to 10, uh, mm-hmm. uh, thanks to Yoshi giving the red, there was no, there was no reason for it. So, uh, uh, good on him for doing that. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, that may have been a little message because Cam Lindley, uh, really kind of demanded a trade, did not want to play. He's a homegrown from the fire, did not want to play for the fire. And, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of a, of a little bit of a, a shot at him, uh, literally. And, uh, you know, sort of metaphorically of, uh, you know, you shouldn't, have, shouldn't have gone somewhere else, but, so the things that I can take from this preseason, even though we really didn't see a whole lot of it, um, and you know some players were missing from various uh, points uh, with injuries, with uh, Coleman missing a lot due to a, a quad contusion, and you know Dwyer arriving late due to a hamstring and then leaving early because of a quad injury. Um, the positives, the positives, surprises for me. Uh, Will Johnson, a surprise. Uh, scored three goals in the first two games. Uh, this is not Will Johnson's game, but he was putting the ball in the net. So that was kind of a, a pleasant surprise. Uh, the huge surprise to everybody was how Chris Mueller just stepped in and started putting the ball in the net. He scored, uh, didn't score in the first one, scored two in the second. He scored in the third. He scored in the fourth. And he scored in the fifth. So Chris Mueller is your golden boot winner from the preseason, Dave. I don't think anybody would have uh, assumed that, uh, but he did it. He had, uh, what, one, two, three, four, five goals. Five goals for uh, Chris Mueller in the preseason. Big, big surprise. I think there, you can also point to a maybe a, a little bit of a disappointment in the fact that Justin Miram, no goals in the preseason. So those are sort of my takeaways, along with the fact that Sasha Kleschen is who we thought he was. He set up two goals in the first game, uh, both to Will Johnson, and then he scored a goal from Will Johnson. Uh, mm-hmm. He set up Chris Mueller and scored a goal in the second game. Uh, he set up R.J. Allen with a goal in uh, the, against the Union, and uh, he scored a goal against Real Salt Lake. So, I mean, Sasha Kleschen doing Sasha Kleschen things. Yeah, and uh, it, it's unfortunate that we won't have him for the first two uh, matches, but uh, we knew that going in, and, and it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, Mueller, obviously, definitely the golden boot. He had a outstanding preseason. Um, and, and while, uh, yeah, it's a surprise, and, and, and maybe to some a big surprise, to me it was a it was a small surprise. And the reason I say that is is everything I was reading about him, everything uh, that we we learned, spoke to him being exactly the type of player that uh, Jason wants, including almost being like Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fact that he was of of all the the top picks uh, in the draft, he was he was often touted as being the most MLS ready player coming out, um, you know, ready to step in right away. So. I think it was um, I think it was a couple things. I think it was, you know, like we said, you know, Dwyer was out. So there was opportunity. 
uh, for him to step in there and prove himself. And it, obviously, he's the type of young man that is going to take that opportunity and, and run with it or score with it, if you prefer. Um, so uh, while, yes, it is surprising the amount of production he did, I'm not surprised that he stepped up. I, I had a good feeling about him when we drafted him. Um, and then as far as uh, Miriam goes, you know, um, I... I, I I'm going to say that uh, it, it may just be a matter of uh, sometimes you know, other people get hot and you're you're sitting on the outside. Uh, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's anything to worry about or anything like that. I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to contribute. He's going to be exactly the player that we think he is. Um, so uh, it, it is preseason. There is weird timing and and substitutions going on and different formations and players in different spots. And, you know, as Jason figures out how he wants to, to do everything. So I think that contributes to it as well. Mm-hmm. As far as Will Johnson goes, um, I, I'm, that one doesn't surprise me one bit because I think that, um, I think Will is on a, um, mission to come back and prove himself. And he was a hard worker before, and I have the feeling that this season he is he is going to set the bar for um, uh, being passionate, being hardworking, and being the guy that you can count on every single game. Um, so, and I, I think that he he started that in the preseason as a way to show, hey, um, I'm I'm a part of this team. And uh, not only that, but I deserve to be in the starting 11. I'm going to show you. So that's that's what I take away from that. Well, Will could be in the starting uh, 11 on uh, Saturday against uh, D.C. United with some of the guys who are missing. So we'll, we'll have to see how that shakes out. Some other notes. Uh, Stefano Pino, the other uh, striker brought in the offseason, scored, the, the uh, scored a goal in the uh, game against Real Salt Lake. So that was good to see. Uh, his first goal in purple. We had uh, a new boy, R.J. Allen, with a goal. Uh, as I mentioned, Yoshimar Yotun scored three goals, and all of them were penalty kicks. Uh, so um, that tells so me two you're, things. You're, yeah, go ahead. It tells me two things. It tells me, number one, Orlando City's been dangerous enough to earn f- penalties, which is, like, unheard of in the regular season. <laughs> and, uh, two, it tells me that Yoshi is the is, has been the man. He stepped up to the spot and buried him. So uh, it's good to see. Uh, we, you know, we had Kaká taking all the penalty kicks in the, in the past, and it was a little bit of a question. It was one of the things, you know, that we've talked about amongst ourselves and has been talked about on social media is who's going to take the penalties with Kaká gone. Uh, will it be by committee? Will it be one guy? I know that... Uh, you know, certainly a guy like Kleshin could take them. Uh, Dom could take them. Uh, Dom wasn't available, so Yoshi was uh, in there, and he was taking them, and he was burying them. So he may have played his way into that role for the season. Uh, not only uh, taking kicks, I, I believe he's going to be taking um, any of the set pieces. Uh, he, We saw last year how he was um, with his delivery on set pieces, either corner kicks or, or free kicks from uh, outside the box. So I, I, I anticipate that that is going to be one of his very large roles uh, this season. Um, it, it's And he's, like you say, he proved it during the preseason by burying those three goals. So um, it's that's that's no surprise to me. It's it's kind of what I expect from him. I'm very I'm very keen on the lad. Have been since uh, last season uh, when he came in and just absolutely wowed us. And um, uh, there's no doubt, you know, in my mind that he is. Uh, in the starting 11 and is a absolute key piece in that midfield. Yeah. Yotun between Yotun and question, uh, there's plenty of quality on set pieces uh, to, to get those free kicks into dangerous areas or even score off of them. So um, it, it's going to be one of the fun things to watch because I think, I don't know about all of them, but I think Yotun earned at least two of those free kick or those penalty kicks in preseason. I don't think I, I'm not sure about the other, but I believe that he he was the one taken down to set two of those up. So that means he's getting forward. He's getting into dangerous areas. He's uh, he's beating his opponents and making them make rash challenges. And all of those things are good for Orlando City. So good to see. Yeah, no doubt. I'm, uh, like I said, I'm I'm a Yoshi fan. <laughs> well, as you should be. Uh, there was one other scrimmage in the preseason uh, the day after the Chicago game. I think some of the players that played a little bit in that game were, 
or uh, some of the reserves or trialists in those uh, played against Nashville SC. The club did not talk about that one at all. Uh, Nashville won it 3-1. Uh, we don't know who the scorer was for Orlando City. I'm just going to assume it's Mueller. I think that's a good assumption. I mean, even he though he played, every other one, so yeah, why not? He, even though he played good, you know, big minutes against Chicago, he probably came back out the next day and scored again. Yeah, he probably was, it was he was probably didn't even start. And he was like, uh, "Hey, coach, how about I go in and score a goal?" <laughs> Jason was like, "Okay, fine, go ahead." <laughs> yeah, why not? All right, so as we're recording this, Dave, the evening of February twenty seventh, uh, Orlando City and Orlando Pride kids versus pros. Uh, it was a dramatic draw six to six with the kids equalizing on a penalty kick at the death of the game and uh, so six six the uh the pros are still winless against the kids well not to mention but uh uh internally on our our chat uh, i saw the little video of uh the kids talking some smack um and that is absolutely if that needs to go on the web someplace where everybody can see it because it is absolutely fantastic (laughs) yes um Orlando Pride, Dave, are they're they're on underway. They've got their preseason training going. Of course, they're missing several players, uh, internationals uh, that have been called up to various uh, teams to play in the Algarve Cup or in the She Believes Cup, uh, or to uh, head to Brazil. So lots uh, lots of players missing, but the team is going to be in your neck of the woods as we drop this. It's going to be tonight at uh, Florida State to play their first preseason scrimmage. Uh, against the Seminoles, uh, you're going to be there on hand. I will. Uh, work permitting, you're going to be there to uh, to cover that match for us, which is always good. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing a full report on on how uh, some of these new players look in uh, you know in purple. We have um, you know we had uh, three players honored as a W League uh, you know um, you know best eleven. We had. Uh, and it wasn't even Rachel Hill. Rachel Hill only made the bench. We had uh, Carson Pickett. Uh, right. How crazy was Rachel not not making the starting? <laughs> right. Carson Pickett uh, at left back. Uh, she performed very well. She's of course going to be the replacement for Steph Catley, who was also on the uh, the uh, team of the year uh, as voted on by the players in the W League. So it was good to see that we traded one player. Uh, who made the best 11 for in in Australia for another? So uh, it's good to see Carson Pickett on there and uh, Emily Van Egmond, who won't be here till you know late April because of the the uh, the Asian um, playoff uh, World Cup qualifying. Uh, it's uh, she was also in that uh, that top 11. So uh, a couple of players there who I think are going to be big difference makers for the Pride. But it's uh, it all starts. Uh, on Wednesday, the 28th at uh, FSU. Yeah, I can't wait uh, to to go out uh, tonight as uh, we're you're listening to this podcast. Um, uh, work stuff is all figured out, so there's no worries there. I will be there, and uh, it's finally come my way. They've come to Tallahassee where I can go be the one at the game rather than having to sit in four hours away. Now you have to sit four hours away, and I get to go. So, oh um, man. I know, right? See, now you know how it feels. But well, now I'm, I'm I really... did buy a hybrid. I could actually <laughs> go to that game. Dang it, Michael. <laughs> um, no, I, obviously I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, I, I was going regardless, and then uh, you know, I, as we talked to you, know, hey, why don't we just do a story on it? Oh, that's a great idea since I'm going to be there. So um, it, it'll be fantastic. And FSU, of course, is a is a very quality um, uh, college team. Actually, we've got a few FSU players on on the pride. So um, it's uh, it, it'll it'll I think it'll be really nice, and uh, I. I like I said, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and uh, speaking of the Prides, Rachel Hill, she uh, she scored in that kids versus pros match uh, to give the uh, the pros a short lived six uh, five advantage late in that game. Uh, so uh, although the kids the kids had led five to three, so it was a furious comeback. R.J. Allen. Oh my uh, goodness! Uh, yeah, R.J. Allen got one of the uh, the goals for uh, the pros as well. So uh, Chris Mueller. Uh, it was interesting to see him in a goalkeeper kit for this game. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he's been scoring so many goals. You got to see if the man can stop some goals. Evidently, he can't. Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's scary, though, because if you put a goal scorer in front of a net, you know, their their instinct is to put the ball in there. 
<laughs> That's right. <laughs> He's, he was so confused, basically. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so um, I don't think we really need to talk too much about the She Believes Cup, which uh, also starts, uh, what does it start, Thursday? Thursday. Starts Thursday, yes. Uh, Thursday, March 1st, yep. uh, with the U.S. women taking on Germany and France taking on England. We kind of talked about the She Believes Cup a little bit last week, so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go too much into that, just to say, except to say that, uh, you know, it'll be fun to watch uh, Alex Morgan playing again with the national team and probably watching Ashlyn Harris sit on the bench behind Alyssa Nair, uh, yeah. which is not quite as much fun. Uh, no. But it, it'll, be, uh, it'll be interesting uh, to get that tournament underway and uh, of course we're only a few days away from the opener orlando city against dc united that will also be the day saturday the third by the way that orlando pride take on ucf in their second of three preseason matches so man there's a lot going on there's a lot going on and and uh, to uh you know one of the things that we wanted to do coming into this um first week was we wanted to get a little bit of an overview of the league and so we invited paul tenorio uh national soccer writer um former orlando city uh beat writer for the orlando sentinel to uh, to come on the show he's been on the show before friend of the program and uh, we wanted to talk mls with him and uh orlando city's offseason uh unfortunately due to some some last minute timing changes dave couldn't be a part of that interview but I, it was uh, a, kind of a really funny thing of how it <laughs> happened, but we won't go into it. Yeah, now. it was uh, it was like an attempt to make it easier to have Dave on the program that went horribly wrong horribly. And, and, and ended up with him not being able to be on it at all rather than uh, being able to ensure that he would be on it. So uh, that's said, what I get for trying. Yeah. The lesson is don't try. Yes, Homer. That is the that is, that is definitely or was it Bart? Was it Bart? That no, it was that? it was over. Okay, so anyway, uh, I did handle that interview. It was a great interview with Paul. Uh, let's get to that. We'll play that for you. It's coming up right after this. All right, joining us on this edition of the Mainland Podcast, we're very happy to have back with us national soccer writer and uh, former Orlando Sentinel. Uh, Orlando City beat writer, fire broadcaster, Paul Tenorio. Paul, uh, thanks for coming back to us on the podcast. No, thanks so much for having me on. I always appreciate it. Well, the first thing I want to talk about with you is the the perception outside of Orlando of the Orlando City offseason because it, it started a little slowly and then a couple minor signings, then a Dom Dwyer re-signing, and then all of a sudden... The names just started flying, uh, Kleshjian, Miram, uh, Sané, uh, there was a bunch in between as well. What, what are the uh, prevailing thoughts outside of Orlando about the Lions offseason? Yeah, I think a lot of teams, a lot of people, uh, we'll start with fans, think that uh, you know it's been one of the stronger offseasons in Major League Soccer um, in this window when you look at as far as a, a total overhaul. And, and talking to teams around the league, I think a lot of people are um, you know, believers in what they've done. They feel Orlando City has done a good job. Now, you know, when you talk to people around the league, the discussion becomes a little bit more um, more than just the names of the players. It goes into the money. How was this done? What does it mean? And, you know, that for me has been the most interesting part because kind of through our own computations and figuring out how things were done, it looks like Orlando City really has pushed all of its chips into the middle of the table, uh, used, I just this is guesswork to some degree, um, but used all of their TAM for trade money, then used all the discretionary TAM to be able to buy players down and, and may have even pulled a little bit of TAM from next year forward into this year in order to complete some of these trades. But um, when you look around the league and you talk about teams that have gone from A to Z, I think there are only two teams really in that conversation, the LA Galaxy and Orlando City. And, and a lot of people believe that um, they now have the pieces to be a playoff team and whether they can come together fast enough is going to be the big question. Well, let's talk about that realistically, knowing that also some other teams in the Eastern Conference have improved, including the defending champions. Where do you see Orlando City fitting into the landscape? Um, you know, it, and it's always a dicey proposition when you get a new group of players together to, to get them all on the same page. But uh, where do you see them fitting in? 
Yeah, I think, you know, outside of the top three in the East, I really think it's up for grabs. Uh, you know, you, you start up at Toronto, Atlanta, NYCFC, and then after that, there are a lot of question marks. I think with the Red Bulls, I think certainly the fire for me um, are not as strong right now today as they were last year. They have to make three or four more moves to be able to be, uh, to, in my estimation, a, a playoff team, a competitive playoff team. Um, DC United got a lot better. I like what they've done. Columbus, it, it remains to be seen. They lost a lot of firepower, but you know Zardes has looked good. They've they brought in some other players as well. So um, you know it, it's certainly going to be competitive. I think that Orlando falls into kind of that competition, um, and this is going to sound very broad, but you know that four through seven area is for me where I see Orlando. Now that means that's good for Orlando City, right? That means. Four, five, and six, you're in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven, you're that team on the outside. But I, I just, I lump them in with Columbus, DC, Chicago, uh, even Montreal, and kind of put them there. And I, I put them above, you know, the New Englands of of the East, the the Philadelphias. Um, and and I think right now they they may be, you know, a favorite to be in the playoffs. Now you brought up the fire. I, I wanted to check in with you to see how. Our old friend Rafael Ramos is doing up in Chicago, and, and what's his uh, role been so far? Yeah, Rafa's done well. I mean, look, at the end of the day, he's, he's a very good soccer player. When I was down in Orlando, he had the best first touch on the team, and it, in, in my opinion. It wasn't close. I mean, watching training every single day, I, I rarely saw him take a bad touch. The, the issue with Rafa has been injuries. Um, there were a lot of teams that were interested in Rafa Ramos after that first MLS season, uh, he got a new contract. It looked like he was going to be the starter going into last year when he picked up another injury, um, and that forced them to go and get Scott Sutter, who, who's worked out really, really well for Orlando City. Um, Rafa's going to have a chance to play some games for the Fire. In fact, I think he could end up being a starter in the first week of the season just because Matt Polster has been injured since coming back with the U.S. national team and hasn't been able to get on the field. If, if Polster can't rejoin training in full this week, um, and get his fitness up to up to speed. I, I think Ramos would be starting, um, but regardless, I, I would expect him to to get some good minutes this year in MLS. What was your analysis of that trade, uh, sending Ramos uh, up to Chicago and, and bringing Cam Lindley to Orlando? I think it's one of those where you look at it as a win-win. Um, Cam Lindley didn't want to play in Chicago, and he made that very clear behind the scenes and, and in conversations with the team. I thought it was very interesting, uh, an interesting take from Cam because. You know, he would have had an opportunity to come and learn under Dax McCarty and Bastian Schweinsteiger, and it doesn't get much better than that. Um, but, you know, it, it's tough sometimes when you have these affiliations. Um, as an academy, Cam Lindley came up uh, in, in Indiana, played for the Indiana Fire, um, and so maybe that connection with the first team wasn't really there. Um, so Chicago takes a player who didn't want to sign for them, and flips them for value in in the form of allocation money in Rafael Ramos. I thought it was a very smart move from Chicago to get that much value out of a player who, frankly, is unproven at the pro level. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, Orlando City gets a player who's very well regarded at the college level. Maybe some people aren't sure where he projects at the pro level, but is a very good passer, very good on the ball, and uh, has a chance to develop into uh, a longtime MLS starter uh, if they can grow him right uh, within that program. So um, for me, it, it just it made a lot of sense from both sides. Well, I want to talk a little bit about the overall picture of, uh, of Major League Soccer this year. But first, I have to ask, again, as uh, someone who's not living in Orlando, but you've certainly got some very strong ties here, how was the whole Kyle Laren thing viewed? And what are your thoughts on the, the whole way that this thing went down? I think it was viewed um, as just a really unfortunate scenario. It was handled poorly, I thought, from in some aspects by Kyle Lahren's team, obviously pulling him out and sending taking him to Turkey and presenting him as a player. Besiktas, before anything had happened, I thought was, um, you know, I think some people would call it unprofessional. Um, In this case, I felt like they, they, they felt forced to do that because I think Orlando City... Um, hadn't handled Kyle Lahren in the right way either. Um, you know, I think there's been some surprise, a little bit of surprise in how Orlando City has talked about Kyle Lahren after the fact. Um, you know, it was interesting. They had a media day and Alex Latow's comments um, 
ended up being the thing that everyone talked about out of media day was Kyle Lahren instead of about this overhauled team that has a chance to make the playoffs instead of just saying, look, we've transferred the player and we're moving on. So there are aspects to both sides of this that I thought have been handled poorly from start to finish. Um, a lot of people around the league that I've talked to have kind of looked at this and wondered, you know, if you had all this money for the forward position that you were willing to commit with Dom Dwyer, why not have committed that money to Kyle Lahren early on in the situation? You get a younger player with a bigger upside who's produced more over the last three seasons than Dom Dwyer has. Um, that was a big question around the league. Um, I don't know the answer to it. I don't disagree with that notion. I think they could have had Laren for cheaper and without that much of an expenditure and allocation money. Uh, but, you know, they, they, they decided not to do it. They didn't get a huge amount of allocation money in this transfer. Uh, and, or I, I should say, they didn't get nearly a, what market value probably would have been if the situation had gone more cleanly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now I think the, the best thing for both parties is just to move forward because, you know, Orlando City has to get to the playoffs and, and, and Kyle Lahren's gone. And, you know, I, I don't know how easy it will be for him to, to look back on MLS and, and Orlando City or, or try to come back in the future. Um, but I think it's in the best interest of Orlando City to just move forward and not worry about it anymore. Right. Uh, one more question about the Orlando City franchise before we move into Major League Soccer as a whole. What do you think of this season without OCB, how, how that's going to affect the club? Or do you think it'll have much of an effect at all? No, I mean, obviously there's an impact. There's there's an advantage to having a USL team. You, you train with your guys at, and get them first team minutes, but you can still get young guys minutes at, with USL partnerships. The downside is that you have to send them somewhere else to train. You don't get to see their development. You don't get to be in charge of their development. Um, so that's the negative of it. Um, I think in general, you know, the ideal thing is to have your academy nearby uh, have your academy under your control that you're training the players, you're seeing their development, they're around the first team every single day. You have a, a, a clear path of the, the academy to the second team to the first team. Um, they're all under one roof, so to speak. I think that's the future of this league, when, and really it's the present of this league when you see Atlanta and Montreal. and um, Well, Montreal's gotten rid of its team as well, but you see all these different teams um, that are committed to that. The Red Bulls are probably the best example, Atlanta being another that's that's the ideal, um, but I, I think they'll be able to manage, and certainly I think they're they're in much more of a win now mode, and I think we're seeing the money um, and the commitment financially into win now, which is is primarily first team and what you see on the field every Saturday. Mm. Do you see this as a precursor to a a D three move in the future? Certainly, I think. Uh, look, I, I think at the end of the day, it's it's cost it's a it's a cost saving maneuver. So uh, if the commitment is less so at the Division Three level financially, I think that would make more sense. But again, I mean, you know, you have to make decisions about where you want to put your money. And, and I don't disagree with the notion that, you know, Orlando City's sole focus for right now needs to be on getting its team to the playoffs and growing from there. Um, and so when you devote the amount of money that they have to the first team, uh, you know, maybe you make some cuts some other places. You say, hey, listen, it makes more financial sense for us, competitive sense for us. To, to take a year off, go into Division Three, um, but focus really, really strongly on our first team spending and, and try to get the right team in place. All right, so you gave me the Eastern Conference, uh, sort of how you see that shaking out. Why don't you tell me who you see emerging out of the West this year? There's been a, a lot of shakeups out there, too. Yeah, another interesting kind of picture there. I, I think Seattle's going to have some trouble this year. Um, you know, they're trying to get the last bit of juice out of a group that's gotten older. Um, and then lo- losing Jordan Morris to an ACL injury only compounds that problem. Um, the thing with Seattle, though, is you, you have to always have that caveat that they could add a big-name player in the summer window um, that changes the whole shape of things, as we saw with Nico Ladera just a mm-hmm. couple years ago. Um, but I, I think Portland is going to be a team that's there again, even losing Caleb Porter and Darlington Nagby. Um, I think they'll be right there in the mix. I really like sporting Kansas City. I think people, again, are undervaluing what, what Kansas City has done this offseason. They've been kind of under the radar. If, if their guys can score goals similar to Orlando City, um, I, they, they can be a very, very dangerous team. Um, and I like Real Salt Lake as a younger group to to kind of break through and be a playoff team. So those are kind of the three tiers of teams I'm looking at. I think 
you know, Portland, Kansas City maybe at the top of that conference. And then, uh, you know, we'll see Seattle, Dallas, Real Salt Lake. And then, um, you know, I'd be remiss if not to say the LA Galaxy with the overhaul they've done now. Can Siggy get that group in place? Um, and then you have LAFC, which I don't think we're really going to talk about as a playoff team until the second half of the season. Um, it's going to take them a while. They're on the road, 11 of their first 14 games. Um, they're still building that roster. Uh, you know, I think it's going to take some time, even with a coach as good as Bob Bradley. All right. So tell me which teams and players that uh, nobody's really talking about much that are going to surprise a lot of people this year. That's an interesting one. I was actually looking through uh, the transactions earlier today, kind of trying to get an idea of who some newcomers of the year might be. Uh, you know, obviously, I've been I've kind of noticed Ar- Armenteros had a great preseason. Uh, Samuel Ar- Armenteros for Portland. Uh, what were what will his role be? Um, you know, Diego Rubio in LA and, and Carlos Vela. We really haven't talked at all about Carlos Vela coming into MLS. Uh, from Liga, uh, sorry, from from La Liga. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what kind of impact can he have? Uh, Kaku in New York, I think, is is a player whose name we're going to talk about a lot. I mean, this is a very very well regarded player uh, coming up, and he, you know he's not gotten the attention that Barco has has received. Um, but I think he's a player who could be in some ways transformative for this Red Bulls team as they get younger and continue to press and push the way uh, Jesse Marsh likes. Um, you know, those are some of the newcomers I'm kind of keeping an eye on. This year, and then team-wise, like I said, I think Sporting Kansas City is kind of, you know, under the radar right now. Um, you know, I think they've put together a better team than most people think. I'm very interested to see um, two different teams and how they they end up looking with some younger players on the field. FC Dallas, we're used to seeing them play some younger players. Um, how will they rebound after the disappointment of last year? And then the Philadelphia Union with David Akam, maybe playing a couple academy players. Does do they finally start to look? A little bit like a better program. I'm not sold on them yet. I think their backline issues are going to be, again, a problem. Uh, I think it'll be, what, the third year in a row that that's the big problem for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are the teams that I'm kind of keeping an eye on that could be maybe the sneaky good teams. Yeah, I, I got to agree with you about Kansas City. I, I think you can never count out uh, a Peter Vermes team either. So, um, and, and I do like what Real Salt Lake's done, and I, and I like Mike Petke. So uh, some good calls there, I think, on your part. Paul, before we let you go, uh, can you please tell everybody where they can find you online? Yeah, you can always find me on Twitter, at Paul Tenorio. Uh, I'm always happy to, to chat with fans, as most Orlando City fans like know and like to give me crap all the time. <laughs> uh, and hopefully here in the next couple of days, you'll find out where you can read me on a daily basis. It should be out uh, out in a, a day or two. So uh, we'll, we'll have some more details here this week. Yeah, looking forward to the big announcement uh, of where we can catch you and your writing, and uh, we, we certainly enjoy. Uh, you're a great follow on Twitter. We, we love uh, getting your opinions. I know you do a lot of that Facebook Live stuff, too, which is always interesting. So thanks so much for coming on and uh, giving us a little bit of a season preview here. Uh, the offseason always uh, seems like it takes forever, then it catches us off guard when the season finally arrives. But uh, we're only a few days away from the season, so thanks so much for coming back and, uh, and chatting with us on the podcast. Thanks so much again for having me, and enjoy, enjoy the year. I think it'll be a little bit more fun than last year was. All right, Dave. Well, we definitely want to thank uh, Paul Tenorio for being with us again on the podcast. He is always fun to talk to, very smooth talker because he's he does the broadcasting thing for a living, so he doesn't uh, um and ah as much as you and I do. Which yeah, he's much better than we are. <laughs> so it was great to talk to him and get his thoughts on everything from the, the Rafael Ramos uh, for Cam Lindley trade to Kyle Lahren's exit to Orlando City's offseason to uh, the teams to watch in MLS. All of that good stuff from Paul. And uh, I feel a lot more educated about the league right now. Yeah, uh, I can't wait to listen to it, which sounds <laughs> funny, but... We we started recording right after Michael did this, so I haven't heard any of it. You guys are actually going to hear it before I do. Yep, you uh, you. I, that's why I said that. It was a little jab at you. Yeah, it was. <laughs> anyway, um, why don't we get to our mailbag? Ask the Mainland Podcast. You can do that, of course, on, on one of two ways. Uh, on Twitter, hit us up on Twitter. We are at the Mainland. T H E M A N E L A N D. Just uh, ask your question. Uh, with the AskTMLPC hashtag. That's hashtag AskTMLPC. And we will 
answer your question. Doesn't matter what it's about. Could be about soccer. Could be about something other than soccer. Could be about food. Could be about music. Could be about fine art. I mean, we will give you an answer. It yeah, may it not, may not be a good one, but may not it, be you'll the get answer. an answer. Yeah, it may not be accurate or what you're looking for, but you will get a response. We can promise you that. Um, so uh, all the other way that you could do that is to uh, email us. We're at themainland at gmail.com, and you could just ask us uh, and uh, ask your question that way uh, through the old-fashioned method. And it sounds weird for an old guy like me to say email is old-fashioned, but that's just <laughs> the reality we live in. Uh, so two ways you can ask us anything. Uh, on the Mainland Podcast, and we do have uh, some questions. Why don't you give us uh, our question from our old buddy, Mark Johnson? Yes, friend of the show, Mark Johnson, was actually the only one that uh, gave us one last week, but uh, we decided to hold off because it wasn't time-sensitive. So anyway, what he wants to know is, what alternative uniforms would you like to see? That's a good question, and I, I, I kind of touched on it earlier. The alternative uniform I'd really like to see is a gold third kit for the Lions with some purple trim. I think that would look fantastic, and uh, it would really, really sell a lot of uniforms. I think it sell a lot of shirts. Uh, so I, I think that's what I would most like to see. Other than that, a throwback to the old red uh, first-year USL kits would be kind of neat to see as well. Those are both answers that uh, I agree with, but I also knew that that's what you were going to say. And so uh, as a Liverpool fan, those of the bright orange and bright green jerseys, I'm going to say something odd, something weird, something that is not one of our colors. That's just kind of uh, I, I, and I don't even know what color it would be. Just something way different. Maybe not even have to be bright, maybe gray. Uh, definitely not black. It's Florida. <laughs> it's too hot for black. So uh, a light gray with maybe a hint of uh, purple and logos. I think that would look really cool. Uh, so I think that would be my answer, but just something different that we don't usually have. Yeah, well, I mean, they could wear black in Minnesota. The, yes, we. There's <laughs> or Vancouver. Yeah, we could do yeah. it in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, Toronto. so there's places. Yeah, sure. there's a few places. Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, good question, Mark. And in fact, uh, we just, I think, passed the, uh, what was it, the 38th anniversary of the U.S. beating uh, the Soviet Union with Mark Johnson on that team, scoring two goals. You know, it's been a while since you mentioned that, and um, we all know that our Mark Johnson has missed it so there you go <laughs> and he's he's not that same mark johnson but i it would be a lot cooler if he was it, it, well i would be a lot cooler <laughs> if it was that's true you would be cooler for having known uh mark, the mark johnson the mark johnson not our mark johnson yeah. but our mark johnson's pretty cool too he asks some good he, questions. he is actually a really nice guy faithful yes. faithful listener um okay so uh we have a question via the twitterverse uh, let's uh, get to that now. If my uh, browser will just hurry up. <laughs> uh, this uh, question comes to us from Frank Altamari on uh, on Twitter. He asks, how will Chris Mueller's outstanding preseason translate to the regular season? And uh, I'm going to I'm going to start off by saying, okay. I don't know. I don't know how it will translate. I'm, I'm hoping that it translates very well. But I mean, it's. It is the preseason. We don't, you know, these games were not games that were sort of game planned for. There was no real tactical approach going into them. No game planning, that kind of thing. So it's really difficult to know um, what to expect from Chris Mueller. Did he earn playing time? Probably. He probably earned some playing time. So I think at least that will come of it. Um, but whether or not he can do it against other teams best lineups and you know when they come in with a defensive plan on how to stop jason christ uh jason christ's uh, offense and attack um it will be interesting to see i I'm, I'm very hopeful that he can you know chip in at least five goals this year that'd be a, a pretty good year for a, for a rookie depending on how much playing time he gets uh, could be more than that yeah, I obviously we can't know for sure. If we did, then you and I would be making lots of money doing something else. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, that being said, I I feel as I mentioned earlier um, when we talked about the preseason, I'm I'm pretty high on this kid. I think that he's I think he's got that it factor, um, and more importantly, I think he has 
uh, Jason Kreiss's, um, uh, uh, I don't know. He, he, Jason likes the, the kid. So I think he's going to see the playing time. I, I, abs- I actually, I think he's going to start, uh, in the, uh, in the opener. Um, and I think he's going to start up top. I think he's going to be, I think Pino will, will be the, the true striker and, um, and Mueller will start just, he'll be up top, but it'll be kind of a little bit above the midfield below the striker. And I think it, it'll be purposeful to let him be creative. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's, I think he's going to translate pretty well. Now, like you said, it's still going to be an adjustment. It's going to be a different speed than he's used to playing, but, um, I, I don't know. I've, I've, I've got a good feeling. So mm-hmm. I, I think I I think he's uh, I think five goals is certainly reasonable for him. I think that would be a good season. Um, but more importantly, I, I think he's going to he he's going to help create things the way that uh, when Yoshi not I'm not comparing him to Yoshi. Yoshi's on a different level at the the moment, but I think he is going to have that that creative uh, spark that's going to mm-hmm. allow uh, Dom in particular when he comes back to uh, to get some more goals. So I think he's going to he's going to help create goals even if he's not scoring them. Yeah, and Mueller um, you know is is uh, you know was a college assist king. So I mean he's just like question in terms of being able to to spot a pass and pick out a, a you know the right uh, the right uh, service. So uh, it's going to be, and he's, you know, he's another, we talked a little bit about set pieces. He's a guy we didn't even talk about, but he can do that. Yeah. Too. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so thanks Frank for your question about Chris Mueller's outstanding preseason and how it will translate to the regular season. Uh, everybody wants to talk about Chris Mueller because we also got a question from Ryan Smith on Twitter who says our quote, former striker end quote, Finished his first season with 17 goals in 27 games as a standout rookie. What is your bold prediction on promising young Mueller's goal tally this year? Dave, I'm going to throw this one to you first. What is the final goal tally for Chris Mueller? Hit us with your bold prediction, buddy. Uh, All right, so bold prediction is bold would be 10. Um, that's bold. Mm. Uh, do I actually think he's going to get that? No. And the reason I say that is everybody, everybody forgets that, um, uh, Kyle was not originally supposed to be starting nope. when he came in and circumstances came about that he was. And so that, and, and then he flourished and it allowed him to do that, but he wouldn't have had that rookie season if, uh, injuries and whatnot hadn't happened. So, mm. um, I don't anticipate that this season again that would allow uh, Mueller to to step in the way Kyle did. Additionally, he's a different type of player than Kyle is. Kyle is a more traditional um, just stand at the top and cherry pick striker mm-hmm. uh, versus you know Mueller being more of a, a the creative type like we said, assist king. So because of that, um, I don't think that his his toes would be as high. I I don't actually think he'll get ten, but we did say bold prediction. So bold prediction is ten. Realistically, five to seven. Yeah, it's really one of those things where it's kind of hard to predict based on not knowing what kind of playing time he's going to get. And part of that is due to the preseason and everything being closed up and not really seeing a lot of it. So it's hard to tell. I'm going to say I'd be happy if he scored. I'd be ecstatic if he had a seven-goal season in his rookie year. I think that would be a really solid rookie year. And that would probably mean that he's not playing so much that 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 means Dom is out. So, um, I, which I think would be good for the team. So I'm going to say seven, uh, Dave said 10. We'll stand by those uh, bold predictions. Uh, Ryan, thanks for your tweet. And, uh, of course you can uh, get your questions in, ask the mainland podcast, uh, on Twitter, tweet us the hashtag ask TMLPC, uh, at the mainland.com or at the mainland on Twitter, or write to us at the mainland at uh, gmail.com and ask your question that way. Thanks so much for the questions. Dave, I and did look. I'm, wait, I'm begging somebody ask us a non-soccer question. I don't think they know anything about soccer. The people that listen to this podcast are just diehard. You die might hard. be right. They're just diehard soccer fans, and that's all they care about. That, you could be right. could be right. <laughs> okay, never mind. Yeah, they, they probably hit that uh, skip ahead 15-second button uh, whenever we <laughs> talked about Black Panther. <laughs> Uh, all right, so Dave, I did look. There are no new five-star reviews on iTunes to uh, to read, unfortunately. So please, if uh, you leave us a, a, 
you know, leave us a nice uh, five-star review on iTunes. We will read your review on the podcast. So, uh, so please uh, give us ratings and, um, you know, give us your star ratings. Leave us um, some feedback on iTunes, and that is how uh, you can help us reach more people. And even beyond that, if you tell a friend who likes Orlando City to, uh, to listen to our podcast, that was, uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, that would be pretty cool if uh, if you could do that. So uh, anyway, uh, that's uh, that's my recommendation to you. You can help us out that way, and it doesn't cost you anything. No, it's free. Yeah. So Dave, before we get out of here, and this is a, a thing that I'm pretty excited to get back to this because we haven't been doing this for a while. We need to get your key matchup and your Woo-hoo. score prediction for Saturday's game. Excellent. Yes. Glad to be back doing this part because that means that the season is here and we get to talk about games finally. All right. So uh, key matchup Um, for me, it's um, can a young attack uh, put the goals in needed to win the the match? Uh, As I said, I believe Mueller will be in there. Obviously, Pino will be in there. Um, I think that Coleman will be uh, in there as well. And I, I believe uh, he'll be in the 10 spot. This is all based on what I think is going to happen. Um, so can those young guys with a lot of veterans around them put in the goals? Um, the reason I say that's going to be uh, on the attack is, uh, you know, both us and DC were, not great on the attack last year. And we've, we've addressed that, although we are missing some pieces. Uh, but we also addressed one of our weaknesses, which was, of course was the, the defense, which I think is actually now a strength. So I'm not as worried about the other end of the, the field, uh, especially at home. So for me, the key matchup is, is whether uh, these young guys can, can get the goals in. My prediction is they do indeed do that. And I, not sure entirely who gets it, but um, I'm going to say two to zero. Orlando City wins at home. Mueller gets one because, well, frankly, he seems to get one every match right now. And I'm, <laughs> until he until he stops, I'm not going to bet against him. And then uh, the other one um, is going to come. Uh, I, I'm going to say that. Uh, um, it's going to be off of Yoshi uh, set piece. Now, whether Yoshi puts it in himself or it's a deflection, uh, but it's going to come from a Yoshi set piece. So that's my two goals for Orlando city taking all three points at home to open the season. All right. Well, I am going to say that the key matchup for me is, uh, is, you know, pretty similar to yours. It's going to be Dom Dwyer's replacement against the center backs and uh, goalkeeper of DC United. Can, uh, can they do anything and, and make up for Dom's absence uh, and, and score some goals? I think that that's going to be key. Not only can they score goals, but can they, can they get the back line out of shape? Can they force movement? Can they force mistakes and, and draw attention away from other players? The, the, all of those things are part of playing striker. So I'm interested to see how that plays out in the opening game. And we don't really know, is it going to be Pino up top by himself? Is it going to be a, a two-striker system with Pino and maybe Mueller? Is it going to be maybe somebody even uh, else, maybe Merrim playing up there? It's kind of hard to say what Jason Christ is going to do, knowing that he's limited uh, with his availability of players in this first game. So uh, really, without knowing that, it's very difficult to, to make any sort of prediction but i think that no matter what happens you're going to have to see some striker play uh that is dealing with a a couple of pretty good center backs for dc united i kind of like what they've got on defense so um that's my key matchup my prediction is going to be man it's hard to predict a lot of goals because orlando city doesn't score a lot of goals in opening day and and offense is generally challenged but i'm going to say 2-1 to city uh with a late winner um I just they haven't had any any luck getting clean sheets in the preseason. So I'm going to say that that continues uh, as the defenders learn to play together and, and and, you know, become cohesive. I think maybe they make a mistake at some point. Uh, But I think I'm I'm going to say Justin Merrim gets his first as an Orlando City player. And okay. um, the other one is going to come, I believe, also off of a set piece. And again, I'm not sure if it's going to be a direct 
uh, result of a free kick or a penalty or a, a ball that's headed in off of a off of a set piece, but or a corner. Uh, but I think um, you know somehow a set piece will be involved in one, and I'm, I'm going to say Merrim uh, gets the other. All right, there you have it, folks. We're <laughs> actually we're we're almost on the same page, which is almost never good. Yeah, so it's going to be something completely different. It's going to be like a six nothing game or something like that. Yeah, and Mueller will have three, and yeah. Well, I'm all for that actually. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting. Of course, there'll be no uh, no question uh, with the suspension. No Dwyer. He's injured. It'll be interesting to see what of the late arrivals have gotten match fit enough to play. Uh, will we see Yuri Rosell? Will we see Sané? Um, will we see Coleman, who's coming back from injury? Um, I'm going to guess we don't see Coleman unless he's on the off the bench. Um, and then, of course, the D.C.'s got some issues, too, because Ben Olsen is, uh, is suspended for this game. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I believe they have other suspensions carrying over from last season's uh, finale. So um, we'll have all that in our preview. Uh, look for that this weekend at TheMainland.com. Please read all of our coverage on TheMainland.com. We've got a lot of great writers who uh, work really hard and uh, bring you uh, a lot of predictions, a lot of analysis. Uh, so Hit themainland.com. Uh, of course, uh, please uh, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and um, of course, subscribe to this podcast if you just stumbled upon it and tell some friends about it. Dave, where can people find you on the social media? Uh, I am uh, at Devro, uh, D E V E R O H E, on Twitter. Uh, of course, I'm. you can find me at the mainland. Um, I think that's most of where I'm at publicly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, come out and, and uh, you'll, you'll get a mix of uh, or a lot of uh, soccer stuff and a lot of other stuff. So be warned. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I am at uh, on Twitter at Mainland Michael. Of course, it's M-A-N-E, not M-A-I-N, at Mainland Michael on uh, Twitter. And also, I generally run our uh, website's uh, Twitter feed at the mainland. Uh, so if you hit us up there, uh, I can uh, respond to that as well. So uh, there you have it. We have gotten episode number 114 in the books. Uh, we are finally on a match week. We're finally going to have some soccer to talk about next week, Dave, with some some actual uh, meaningful games being played. And, and the result. Uh, yeah, very, very excited. And, of course, you can give us a full report of the Pride next week as well. And Absolutely. we'll have She Believes Cup. And there will be all kinds of things to talk about. So we'll probably be back to an hour and a half next week. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, everybody enjoy this sub-one-hour podcast because next week it ain't happening. All right, so big thanks again to Paul Tenorio for coming on the show. Uh, thank you for listening. And uh, we will be back next week to break down and dissect the Orlando City DC United game and look ahead to Minnesota United and of course Pride US Women's National Team and much much more. Uh, on behalf of David Rowe, I am Michael Citro saying Go City. <laughs>